podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Quite possibly the best, the best away result in my lifetime as a Liverpool fan. And I just want to say sorry to absolutely to nobody at all, especially those motherfucking Man United fans that sing the victim songs, the fucking fucking sign on songs. Go fuck yourselves now, you fucking bitches. Five nil. We've got that over you for fucking ever. Five nil. 5-0, 5-0, 5-0, there'll be a chant watch. And joining me today on this podcast, the Gags Tandon Show, we're looking for callers, let me know people in Discord, is Mr. Andy Wales. Walesy, there is no other way but to be fucking jubilant today after wow. that win. Wow, 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 Gagsy, wow. What, what have we just witnessed? What have we just witnessed? <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I'm thinking myself. <laughs> we, can hear the, we can hear the travelling cop from Old Trafford because of Pardy. <laughs> you won't hear United fans because they're all on the streets on the way home. They set up about half an hour ago. That was unreal. That was unreal. <laughs> Okay, the ball I have to go to Andy. <laughs> He's waiting. <laughs> Thank you for that. It was great to hear you guys. Paji, we'll get you in a bit. Can you hear us? Oh, he's beautiful. gone, he's gone. Thank you. Right, Andy, we're waiting for Sam to join us. Sam Evans is also going to join us. He's just travelling back. Uh, but Andy, yeah, I mean, straight away, th- we've got to enjoy that, right? Oh, too right. There's something wrong with you if you can't enjoy it. I mean, we're just beating our, our bitterest rival, as you would say traditionally. Um, 5-0 at their place. And we didn't just beat them, we absolutely mauled them. And, and I don't care if it's if it's maybe more a case of, you know, was it them bad, you know, them being atrocious, then us being that great. Personally, I say a mixture of the two that we were both great and they were terrible. But that that is everything that you want as a football fan. That's your dream scenario, isn't it, to have one of them days. City have had them against them. Now we've got one of these absolute hammerings in their own backyard and it is tremendous. I think it was perfectly summed up for me is when they went to the crowd just after it was 5-0. You got the shot of, of uh, Alex Ferguson there, head shaking, not happy. And then immediately we got the shot, uh, shot of King Kenny laughing his head off. And that just summed the day up for me. It's just You know tremendous. what? He's in fucking hell as well on TV. 
Fire in the hell. And he was like, no, the best bit was it went to um it went to um Alex Ferguson who puffed his cheeks. And then they cut to they cut to Kenny laughing and he went, fucking hell under his breath. It's so good. So good. Like just pure Kenny that oh. was. And like, we know that because we, we speak to him on the pods and stuff, so we know yeah. what he's like. And that's exactly Kenny, because he'd be shocked as well. Because it doesn't matter. We talk about it in the in, in a bit anyway. We'll bring in Guy, who's the first caller, in a second. But but Andy, we've played worse teams than this, and we've not battered them five 0 You know what I mean? We've no. we've played worse no. United teams, teams that performed really shit against us at Anfield and went and got a win. We've absolutely battered them at Anfield sometimes and lost. So it doesn't matter because form goes out the window in these games. It but does, yet, I mean, we still think... absolutely nailed them. Yeah. And you think in recent years we've got to, we've gone to Old Trafford, even games where they've come into it in really poor form, and for some reason we've gone there and we've been meek, and we've sat off them, and it's been a nothing game, and it's that sense of frustration that they were there for the taking and we didn't do anything about it. Whereas today, you know, after what we've seen this season with them, how how easily that they fall apart, how they can crumble, how poor they are on transition that they are there to be taken apart by good teams. And we went there and we did it. We were aggressive. We did get at them, got around them, and we hit them in the ways that you hurt them. And, and oh, it just... <laughs> for that, you know, half-time, just to, to make it 4-0 on the verge of half-time, it was just... I, I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm still pinching myself. Is this real? Did this really just happen? But I've got that question for you guys. We spoke about it before we started. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. You said the, the best away result of your, in your lifetime as a Liverpool fan. So I've got to ask that question then for you. Does this trump the 4-1? Yes, it has to. It has to because it's just, it's pure humiliation. It's what it means to them, you know, more than what it means to us as well. There's a mixture. It has to be both sides. They went on and won the league that year. They got the last laugh. Yeah, that that four one to them. They it hurts a little bit, but they weren't. They 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 got the laugh last laugh on us. So from my point of view, this one, this one's going to cause another sacking. You know, probably. And I hope it doesn't actually. And I hope Neville's right and they stick with him to the end of the year. And it's just pressure or to the end of the season. That's fine. But but this will hurt forever. This will hurt them forever because Ronaldo just came back, yeah? They were up. They were like, they just won midweek again, you know, after they've been under pressure. All this stuff, you know, they've, they've got all this great attack. They've been giving it large. Loads of United fans, even at work, this, just before the, you know, this game, were giving it large to me. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? I thought without Fab in the end, like, you know, one hour before kickoff, we were going to struggle. I really did. But they proved me wrong again. And this team, the beautiful thing about this Liverpool team is they continue to prove us wrong all the time. And like I said, it doesn't matter how good or how bad that opposition is. You still have to go beat them. And at that ground, we rarely perform. But the last three times against Ole, we've played really well. The the 3-2 loss, we played really well. We maybe should have got more out of that cup game. We smashed them with no fans. But now with fans, destroyed them. Guy, let's bring you in. Is it better than the 4-1? I think there's two ways you look at it. I mean, the game itself, as you said, pure embarrassment. The only reason, the only thing you could argue about the 4-1 is how good that United team was, and that makes it kind of more special, whereas this United team is shit. It's embarrassingly shit. I don't care if they've got Pogba, if they've got Ronaldo. 
it's it's a disgrace top to bottom. It is. That's the only reason I'd argue about the four one being slightly better. But this is this is funnier. This is more embarrassing for them. This, as you said, should lead to another sacking. It might not, but it should do. But it's an overdue sacking. Um, but yeah, this this was a this the was money amazing. they've spent though, guy on this team. The money they've yeah, spent. And our it's team wild. didn't have Thiago, Matip, Fabinho, mm. Elliot. You know, we were missing Mane. We were missing five players that could have walked into this side. In no, the that, field. That's a good and, and we still point. beat them 5-0. It just, this just needed, this needed David Engog to score, and it may have topped it. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam is now here. Sambo, we have been talking about whether the 4-1 at Old Trafford by the Rafa side or this 5-0 is better because I claimed this 5-0 to be the greatest. I opened the show with the greatest away result of my, you know, of my lifetime for Liverpool. Your thoughts, buddy? It's, it's got to be, mate. It's got to be, especially, I think, in the context of how we've played this season so far and, and the fact that it's to nil. <laughs> you know, it is to nil away from home at Old Trafford. And we have really, really put the sword to them. So, yeah, it's definitely surpassed the uh, 4-1, in my opinion, mate. There we go. So that's two of us. Um, Andy, so which one did you, which way did you go in the end? Did you go with your own 4-1 shower or are you going to go with the 5-0? It is a tough one. As, as Guy mentioned, it's a context of that United team that we beat. That was arguably the best team that they what had. What was the score, though, when it was 10 men? 2-1. Yeah? It was tight, right? As soon as that uh, well, sending yeah, up happened, yeah. it went to four. Yeah. This was five that's, nil that's before fair. the sending I mean, up. That, that's the thing, you know, in the context of <laughs> context, them yeah. being a great team then. But the yeah. thing is now is they have got some really, really good players, but they're not a team. No, they're not a team. They are not, not a team at all. They, they are a collection of individuals and they're a mess. So the, in terms of just sheer joy and pleasure, I, I, this one, I think this one probably does trump it. Just as, as the, the other parts of that is, as, as you've mentioned as well, is the end of that season, as good as that day was, winning 4-1, you know, they did win that title. They, they had the last laugh because they can say, well, yeah, you had your day, but we, you, know, you won that battle, we won the war. In this season, there's no chance that that team is winning, is winning the league. This, this Premier League season is, right now is between three clubs and we're one of them. So if we can top this off, we win in the league as well. Absolutely tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. The only one little downer, which I'm sure we'll get to, is Naby Keita being stretched off. But yes. other than that, it, the perfect day. Is, is there any news on Naby? I haven't heard any post-match. Uh, nothing dropping into the AI live show chat just yet. I'm sure people will drop things in when they hear it, or yeah. I'm not really in any of the other ones yet, but... The other chats because I want to focus on this one, but yeah, nothing, nothing at the moment, mate. But uh, you know what? We'll find out more um, post match, and then obviously um, coming by Tuesday when some scans and stuff are done. Like you said, that's the that's the bitter part of of today. But we'll talk about United and how they lost their heads as well. So um, the team chat. I don't know what the team chat is. Okay, uh, Steve P, you need to be a bit more. Uh, specific or maybe copy and paste it in here for us because we're working at the same time thank you very much we'll try and get more information on that in a second uh, just want to say a massive congratulations to 
the Liverpool Pakistani supporters out there who today I'm an Indian fan but I support Liverpool and India and India have been absolutely shellacked by Pakistan <laughs> by <laughs> pretty much 10 wickets so congratulations you are having an absolutely magnificent day but don't worry the Liverpool result is getting me through that so that's totally fine um so injury, injury mechanisms um on Twitter right lower leg for Liverpool's Nabi Keita foot not planted on impact, hope for more contusion cut from studs and avoids fracture stretches off, not splinted. X-rays, good evaluation to also include the knee. Watch compartment. So, yeah, it looks like um, hopefully um, should be avoid avoiding a, a fracture there. So we might, we might get away with that Naby injury. But we'll talk about United's petulance and um, really, really hammer that a little bit later. First, um, Guy, anything else from you before we go to our first caller? Should I take that as a no, Mr. Guy? And we'll take that as a no from Guy then. Thank you, Guy. Appreciate it. Talk, <laughs> okay, you were muted. I, right. I was muted. Uh, I have a push to talk and I unmute on. That's how, that, that's how this works. Uh, the only thing <laughs> I'd start off with um, that is the pro editor guy there. Um, the only thing I'd ask is, where does Moore rank in the, in Liverpool greats now? Because for me, I mean, I only really have Gerard in that conversation with him. Obviously, you may have seen Kenny your or lifetime. Rush or your lifetime. Yeah, your lifetime, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where, where does he rank now? Um, Sam, since you just joined, where, where are you putting Mo, my friend? That is a difficult one. I think this season is a really pivotal one for it because if we end up winning the league this season and Mo's playing like this, you know, he, he's going to end up right up there, isn't he? As, as one of the all-time greats because, you know, we have this really long wait for the league title and he was our key player to get us over the line for it. If he gets us, you know, we could be deprived of that parade, you know, COVID and everything, ruined our celebration of that. If he can still get us back there, and to win it again this season, and to score all the goals that he's scoring, a hat-trick at Old Trafford, you know. Um, have we touched... Who was the last person to do that for Liverpool? Do we even know? That's a no. Um, so, you know, it, it's... Unreal. Sorry, do what? I was typing up there, do what? Score a hat-trick? No, Dirk Cout score a hat-trick, right? Um, Trafford. Yeah. Old Trafford, I don't think it's ever been done. Is it Surely. first time? Yeah, what yeah, about yeah, the Beasley hat trick against United? That was, was Anfield. That at Old Trafford? Was no, that Anfield no, as well. Anfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't remember one, but um, you know, it's, he's doing ridiculous things at the moment, and it, it was funny, right? I, I watched the game today in my mate's house, who's a Manu fan, and him and his son wearing the Manu kits, and I was there in the middle with a Liverpool shirt on. <laughs> and honest to God, I was just waiting to get thrown out the door. It was just. I had to. It was quite muted celebrations today, just out of respect, because I was in someone else's house. But as soon as I left, oh my god, I was screaming, just so so happy. Like so, it's. It, I think the importance of today as well is, you know, we looked at the league table. It doesn't matter what you say about how Ole has been performing. If Manu leave with a win today, they're a point behind us. You know, so the, the win today was really, really significant because it, it really put them in their place. And, it, you know, there's seven points behind us now in this one game and have been embarrassed at home. So, you know, it and, and a lot of that is to do with the form of Mo Salah. So it's, 
he's doing unreal things. And if he keeps going, if he can keep him fit for the season, you know, we we can win everything, guys. Superb, man. Um, Wellesley, what do you think? I mean, I I only really saw sort of like the the tail end of um, of King Kenny, and obviously John Barnes, and then the Stephen Gerrard, and, and if if Suarez had been at Liverpool a few years longer, he probably would have been in that conversation as well. So and it's it's hard to say a definitive greatest ever player, but he is in that conversation. And when you consider some of the unbelievably great players that we've had throughout our history and certainly over the last 50 years for him to be right up there in that conversation for me just speaks volumes of the levels that he's reached and and I do feel like this year he's just stepped up another level again he's um, he's just mind-blowing at the moment he, he really is it's it's scary how good he is I I think he's working working his way with all these records and things that he's doing um, you're talking about players who constantly won leagues and stuff. This player has now won a Champions League and a, a league title for us, won um, Player of the Year for us, won Golden Boots for us. He's done everything in his power um, to be the best player you know, for in this Liverpool side. I think his form currently is of someone, you know, like pre- a Premier League great. So I think if you want to... If you want to reference something, there's players like Thierry Henry and there's comparisons now from Simon Brundish on Twitter all the time with Thierry Henry, how close that, the pinnacle that is, you know, how close he is. If Mo, or should I say when, because I was so bullish about it last time and I'm still bullish about it, when Mo signs that contract and ends up being here for another four or five years, Mo is going to end up having more Premier League goals than Alan Shearer. Just think about that for a second. Because he'll score 20 to 20, 25 goals a season. Every season, even when he's 33, 34, because look at him. He's unbelievable. So when you when you do that, when you play like that, he'll he'll go he'll surpass him. I think Shearer was 176 total for the Premier League. Because obviously he scored a lot in prior to that as well, and obviously outside of those trophies, outside of that league. So he has 300 in total or something, or whatever it was, mad, mad, mad. What I'm saying is when you start putting his name next to the names of the Shearers, the Thierry Henrys, right? He's already surpassed Drogba today as the, the highest-scoring African in the league. You know, So when you're surpassing players of that ilk that people in the past and, and fans of the past will hold up there, I'm sorry, but you, Mo Salah is now one of the greatest players to, to play in the Premier League. And, and, and that is what all we need to say. Whether it's a, a, one of the greatest in Liverpool... That already takes away everyone from 1992. And plus, as you said, Gags, there might be another five years of this. You know, that, that's, he's already at that point now. So if, if he can keep going, mate, he's, he's going to be... He, he, he's got potential to be the best ever. And, and that's the kind of trajectory he's on at the moment. Yeah, absolutely agree with you, Sam. Absolutely. And that's why... All you have to say about anybody discussing it and stuff, that he is on his way to basically being a Premier League great. And when someone says that about somebody, you go and have a look how many players we could say that about in our, you know, in our history. Guy said it was, was Gerard only, really. Who else was there? 
really as a Premier League great. Who who was there? Owen Fowler, uh, probably not as high as Gerard, but Mo is on his way to being at that that high echelon type place. So hopefully that answers that question for you. Uh, guy and guy has gone so we have nigel coming on next nigel what's your question and point for the panel we've got sam and andy here with me nigel you there you're on mute have we lost nigel looks like we have we will wait until nigel comes back and is ready so there he is. I pressed the wrong thing, Gag. Sorry. No, no, no problem, mate. What's pressed, your what's pressed, your question? I pressed the wrong thing. No, no, no problem, mate. It's okay. What's your question for myself, Andy and Sam, mate? Um, I'd just like to say, unbelievable performance. Um, we were great. We were really, really good, as good as we've been. Um, but I like to take issue with the referee. I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, if. Oh, actually, I'll start off with a stat, just um, while I remember it. Uh, Mo Salah is the first player to score a hat-trick for an away team at Old Trafford. Came up on my phone a few minutes ago. Wow, yeah, we were talking about... we were. I was saying he's the first Liverpool player, for sure, but first player ever yeah. in the Premier League. First That's Premier, nuts. First Premier League player. Oh, first wow. Premier League player. Now, God. what I was saying about the referee, um, we got our man injured tonight by a, a horrendous tackle. Late, high, over the top, um, but mightn't have happened if the referee hadn't lost control and sent off those other two clowns in the first place. Wow. Okay, uh, Andy, we went to Sam first for the last one. We'll go to you. We'll go to you first on this. There, we, I was going to talk about the petulance later after the goals and stuff, but you know what? We'll talk about the petulance now. There was some real shitty. Uh, play uh, or, or at least behavior from the likes of um, Fernandez, Ronaldo, and then obviously Pogba. Yeah, they lost their heads, and and I think it was it really kind of started kicking off, did it? Just before half time, um, with Cristiano on Curtis, who uh, <laughs> shielded him off nicely, and you could see that he swung his leg, and it was back. That was kind of the Ronaldo. Um, of of his early years, you know that fiery temper, things aren't going his way, and you you, you wouldn't you shouldn't really expect it from a, a an experienced veteran like that to completely lose his head as he did, you know that he swung the leg and then booted it when Curtis is on the ground, and I think the only saving grace for him is that he the fact that he kicked the ball, and and that's why Agreed. I could understand that one him, only being yellow. Ball. If he missed him, he'd he'd, have, he'd be off as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the Pogba one, the unbelievable thing for that is that it took VAR shouting and to say, you know, Anthony, we think you might need to go and have a look at this one. You were stood there. And, and this is a thing throughout the game. About three times he got involved in the play and he had to, he had to stop and, and give a drop ball because he's so close to the action. He's right there. He's looking at it. Pogba jumps in with two feet and he gives a yellow card. Um, for what reason, only he could explain. But, yeah, the fact that it took a replay for him to uh, to rightly give a red card for that is, 
is shocking in itself. And and I'm not a big fan of him as a referee anyway, but yeah, he um he's not the best and he he probably needed to do something in terms of calming their players down. It like say it was it was towards the end of the first half, early in the second half. They they just kind of lost their heads. They were frustrated, obviously, and you know, and they understand why they're frustrated because they're not being able to lay a glove on us. They were really, really poor. But there is absolutely no excuse for what they did. And what Pogba did, you know, you're endangering the health of a fellow professional by jumping in the way that he did. And you, you should know, get a big band for that. Yeah, and, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully that by the sounds of it, Naby will be okay. But he doesn't know that. He jumps two footed with his with his foot over the top going straight into his shin pad he's no way of knowing that so that moment's frustration losing his head potentially you know altering the uh, the course of somebody's career absolutely bang out of order um and yeah the the referee he he didn't keep a lid on them you no know, throughout the game there was a few things we got lucky in the first half i thought straight after there should have been a free kick on more for a 2 on 1 Ten seconds later, Canate wipes out Fernandez, and he doesn't even give a free kick for that either. So yeah, he was. I thought he wasn't, wasn't good, bad. Wasn't I thought I thought he was keeping it level in terms of letting us get away with something, letting them get away with something. The first half, I think, when it gets to that next level, Sam, where you know you've got that petulance from Ronaldo, and to be fair, Ronaldo got got a um, you know he got a yellow. For it, and and that was probably fine because he didn't touch. Thankfully, he didn't touch Curtis. The the Fernandez one, though, I think VAR maybe messed up on because I think that easily could have been a red as well. Oh, mate, definitely. It's exactly the same kind of tackle as Pogba's in the fact it studs up into the side of the shin. And it, it's it's a lottery. Once you make that tackle, it's a lottery whether the guy's foot's planted or not, and 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 you time it yeah. right. If you time it right, the, the leg's gonna cave. There's no other way about it. And we're just lucky that neither player's foot was planted at the time of the impact because that, those legs will break at that point. So you are right. There's a great point. I, I, there's a lot of this going on, guys. I don't know if you think so as well. Um, that since the VARs come in, they're a bit more scared to give the red and they're almost happy to play the safer option and then have the option to review it if necessary. And it's a bit of a cowardly way about it because at the end of the day, the buck stops with the ref. And, you know, if they think it's a red, give the red. If the VAR tells them, no, that sounds like a, you know, you might want to check that, then then fair enough. But, you know, it's, there's a bit of a cowardly thing going on now and again. The Ronaldo thing was a bit naughty with, um, it was, oh, yeah, it was Curtis on both, wasn't it? it was, but Fernandez took out Curtis on the right as well, didn't he? And then he was lying on the floor when Ronaldo kicked the ball into his bollocks twice. And that was deemed okay as well and gave him a little yellow. But yeah, the, the, the Pogba one was, was bloody naughty. And as, as soon as it happened, I shouted, that's going to be a red. Yeah, and, you know what and, you know what the shocking thing is, Sam, that the ref yeah. missed it on first view. Yeah. yeah. It's like, too how, how do you miss it, mate? You know, that's the that's yeah. the bit where you say you needed fucking VAR for that, mate. Come on. Yeah. That, Everybody could see that. Exactly. And you you know, just just ref it as you see it. Don't you know and I do think that the VAR thing is always in the back of their minds and it, it doesn't need to be. You know, that's there for belt and braces as a backup. Don't use it as your main tool to referee the match. 
So, you know, that, that can be a big problem for me at times. But, you know, to, to go on to more positive things, that's amazing with the fact that Moore is the first Premier League player to score a hat-trick at Old Trafford. You know, I remember the Ronaldo, um, Brazilian Ronaldo, uh, score the hat-trick at Old Trafford in the Champions League for Madrid. And that was incredible. But, you know, that's the kind of level we're talking about with Mo these days now. He's going to be talked about at the same level as these guys. And just to touch on the legends thing you said about earlier, we've had some great players, right? You know, Torres, I know he ended up going to Chelsea. It was, it was a short burst. Same with Suarez, short burst. Michael Owen, incredible, incredible player, but injury plagued. Didn't do it for a long time. Robbie Fowler, injury plagued. Mo, because of his consistency, has the potential to do it for longer than any of those guys that we've had legends there in, in more recent times. You know, Kenny obviously done it over a much longer period, Ian Rush. But, you know, the more modern legends since the 2000s, no one has done it as an attacking player. Obviously, Steven Gerrard's the man. But for a striker or a goal scorer, this guy has the potential to be put right at the top of the list just because of his consistency. So just let, let's hope he can keep doing it, man, because it's, it's, it's so good to watch at the moment. Absolutely. Um, we've kind of veered off that, the, the refereeing, but I hope, uh, Nigel, that answered your question and uh, reiterated your frustrations absolutely. as well. Um, he he, yeah, he, he, he was poor for a couple of the decisions. One, thank yeah. for, for VAR for the second, but the first one, I don't know. Even, I don't even know how VAR miss it, you know, from uh, from Fernandez. Maybe they thought he deemed yellow enough, but to be honest, Fernandez, if you noticed, um, proper. I mean, we know already he's a proper petulant prat. I mean, he he he, he fouls someone and then he gets a slight touch himself, and do you see how he's crying yeah. like a baby? Oh my goodness! Like I'd love him to be in our team, but he would piss me off with the diving. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it would I'd just like to up. say to all the Reds before before last point. Just like to say to all the Reds, when you're when you're going out, if you're going anywhere, if you're going to the shops, wear your colours. Go out with a big smile on your face and just enjoy it. Being a Red at the moment, watching this team because it's incredible. Yeah, the records are crazy, man. I mean, how many games is that now in a row away from home, scoring more than three? That and that's at United as well. I thought it was in the end here today. That's gone on Mo ten in a row for him, fourteen goals, two yep. assists in that time. That's incredible. Um, our our XG again today over three, you know, three point seven three on on um, info goal, three point five three foot mob, and we conceded a lot of XG today as well, one point three one. But but a lot of it was that um, Edison Cavani miss right at the end, sixty two percent half yeah, of Andy it. Robo, Andy Robbo miss. Yeah, Robbo saves it. <laughs> I think he's probably offside on that anyway, wasn't he? No, no, he's not. Robbo's behind him. That's how Robbo gets there. No, it, oh, when he, the ball was, when, when that free kick was first off. played in, there was four of them offside. That's oh, what irritated right, okay. the hell out of me that that was allowed to then allowed be a corner. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think that's, that's what happens. It, it, it's, it's, it's only checked if it's a goal, right? It's only, it's, it's, only, um, it's only checked if it goes in as a goal. For the offside uh, as a VAR check, so it didn't go in, so it carries yeah, on. That's fair so, enough because otherwise yeah, it'd be bloody so all Steve, the time. Yeah. One, one uh, thing, I, a couple of things I missed. It's away, uh, eight away games in a row with three in a row goals, uh, three goals or more in a row, and then two hundred wins for Klopp now too, which is unbelievable. So anyway, thank you. 
uh, Nigel, we shall now move on to, in fact, you know what we'll do? We'll go for a quick, quick break and um, we'll be back very, very soon. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Right then, thank you for waiting. We're back after that short break. Um, uh, this guy has been waiting for a long time to join us, so let's bring him in now. Baji, I hear, I think you're out of um, the police's custody now in, in, in Old Trafford and free to roam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, Baji, best away ever, surely. You know what? Hundred percent. I was so gutted last week that due to something that my wife was organising and her main event for the year, that I couldn't go to Watford away. So when they won five nil, I always yeah. I think anyone who knows me, wait, no point asking a prediction. You always gonna get a stupid one. I'm always gonna say four nil. That's it. It's my standard prediction. But when it's four nil at half time, gags, <sighs> you have to take a bit of a breath and go. We were a bit shit at points in the first half as well. And sometimes we lost a bit of control, to say the least. We haven't haven't talked about that yet. We were the midfield was horrendous first half, and they were falling Like Nabi, God bless his little cotton socks, and they are little because he's not the tallest lad. But he scores; it's fantastic. He he tackles; it's fantastic. He gets past the player; it's fantastic. Then he gives the ball away. You're like, dude, wake up! Look, you scored a goal. You should be on cloud nine. You should be playing with a pump and um, Henderson Milner until the injury as well you know it's just like guys what are you doing like hello <laughs> I know they're Man United I know you think they're shit but they might not be and we kept on giving them chances even when you give them a chance this you motherfucker still can't score still still and, and you know what he was so close him him and Fernandez as well um, in the first half they were so close to the guy going are you fucking you fucking hell man you're shit you're not a little bit shit. You're fucking Gunda super level shit. If Superman could do shits, he would shit Man United as a proper shit and saying, here you go, this is what shit looks like. <laughs> That's how bad they were. But, Jags, it is unfucking believable. The away fans, us traveling cop, singing their song back to them. Oh, let the wheel. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. So and some good. new ones as well. Gas is all over the world. I haven't heard that in years. I know that that was really when they sang it. I was like, "Oh my god, I haven't heard that for so long!" Like I had heard it before, like in you uh, know on TV, but I hadn't heard it for ages. Did you? I heard you. 
I heard you sang a Paul Skull song too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, all, all the videos will be released in all good in, in good time. But today, guys, is all about Mo Salah. A Mo Salah hat trick. If you could ever write the death of a manager in a certain way, that's how you would write it. 4-0 at halftime, Mo Salah hat trick, and United just look shit in a, a sea. If Ole doesn't resign and waits to get a sack, that just says he's just there waiting for the payoff. Fuck it, man. Listen, be a bit of a man. Go into on Monday morning. Even now, actually, go and beg Sir Alex Ferguson's forgiveness for fucking up. You know, I know he's blocked your phone calls and all that shit because he thinks he wants you to go. But go and say sorry. Say sorry to all of them. Say sorry to all the little kids with the Ronaldo tops on going home crying today. It's bad. Seriously. It's like, it's like a death at a funeral. That's but I, like. I started off the pod pretty angry at the United fans who keep singing victim chants and uh, and the sign on chants. But you know what? Fuck they've you. Got, they've, you got, they've got wankers. nothing else. They've got, Absolutely. They've got nothing else. you bastards. Yeah, I'm not from it. Liverpool, right? But that shit offends me. That shit offends me. One, you're talking about people's lives that were lost. You show no compassion. You show nothing, right? And you show, you talk about something that's so long ago, so old, and you know it's been proven wrong. You're still singing it. Shamelessly, you fucking cunts. And then the second thing, you're stupid. You know what? You know what? When you're a bad boxer and you then start, you know, you can't say sorry or you can't apologize or you can't even accept the victory of the person who's beaten you. Yeah. That's a bit shit. That's not, that's not sportsmanship. Yeah, that's just being oh, stupid. There's none in them. Yeah. There's none in this. <laughs> and, and, and in this one, it's a case of whereby they've all that's all they've got. The sun, the sun was right, your murderers. That's all they can sing. Always the victims, never your fault. That's all they can sing. Yeah. Buddy, nice how did, nice how did it go? First goal, goal, second goal, third goal, for all the way to the fourth. Was it just disbelief after each one? No, the, the first the right, So the first goal was just like beautiful, just the way that we carved them apart. Second goal, same, third goal, same. The disbelief was fourth. At three nil, you thought, okay, this is it. We, you know, we're 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 battering these fuckers. And I thought, you know, we're going to take it off the pedal until the second half starts. But no, we went in for the fourth. Went for the jugular in the first half. And four nil in the first half is unheard of. Yeah, you know, yeah I've yeah. never seen. I, I've no, it's the first time ever uh, at Old Trafford, any team. First time ever. Lots of first time ever today. Indeed, Lots and 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 not for the first time ever. Man United fans went home at half time. Oh my Not god, you know what? You, you should have seen the pictures on TV. When you, when you watch it back, Barge, on TV, you'll see the hordes outside the stadium. Oh, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's United's own fans are tweeting this stuff about their own club. Are you stupid? Uh, you like doing your own. It's just, as I said, it's like doing your own this, you like doing your own shame. I, but gags, the fifth goal goes in. When Henderson made that pass, I thought, oh, oh. shit. You, I thought, shit. You've underhit it slightly. Oh my, no, no, you've overhit it. I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. When it got to Mo, Mo still got work to do at that angle, but the way De Gea was just like, all right, I'm fucked here. He's got me. Bang. We're going to talk oh, about the goals in a minute, Bargy, oh, but I can tell that you're not going to, you're going to savor this at work. You're going to savor this everywhere right, now. This is 100% the best away day for so many fans because we've been here before where we've had the measure of them. We have been the better team on form. We've been the better team up front, and we haven't come here and shown it. Yeah, it's happened a few times in the in our history of coming here. Today, though, we showed them exactly who we are and exactly what we're about and who they are. That's the best bit. We reminded them of what they are. They're shit. They are fucking yeah. turbo gas shit. And on that note, I'm going to listen to the rest of you guys all the way through, all the way home, and then I'm going to listen to post match because it'll be out by then. 
And then I'm going to... I'm going to... Club, by the way, we won today, so we drink beer on the way home. <laughs> uh, you know what? The fist pumps are back about gags. I'll tweet yeah. it. I'll, I'll send out the videos to Discord and to everywhere else. But Just tweet them on the AI account, mate. No problem. Just tweet them. Uh, you I, I send lovingly to everybody. Right. So yeah. everybody now is going to have a fantastic day, a fantastic week, a fantastic month. But to make it just that much, little bit better, make sure you remind every mank mate what we sang at their ground, which is their chart. Oh, Les at the wheel. Yeah. Cool. Can't wait for that video. I'll be sharing that to some United fans. Thank you, Baji. No worries, man. Take care, everyone. Have a good evening. No worries. Right. We'll get Andy and Sam back on the, on, on the chat now. Basically, we have Justin. Justin, are you there? Oh, I'm here. Mr. Wells, who's joined me in the last pod, is here to ask us a question, make a point, so Andy and Sam can speak as well. Go on then, dude. All right, so if a guy's supposed to, you know, be in the conversation for the greatest player of all time, um, is he not supposed to be also uh, not in awe of a 21-year-old making his second Premier League start? Because he just looked frightened of Konate today. Like, he wanted no part of Virgil, and then every time he got onto Konate, it was just, let me go wider, let me go wider, let me go wider. I mean... Not particularly impressive from, you know, a guy who's in that conversation with Messi, which he shouldn't be in. But, man, he was basically just destroyed by Ibu whenever he touched the ball, which wasn't very often. Mate, you know what? That's a great one. And Sam, we'll come to you first. Kanate was the big surprise uh, for everyone. Uh, it was a great job to, to rest uh, Matip. It was a good idea to have someone big and strong and fast against United's uh, lineup as well, you know, uh, they, they were going to put on pace against us. And Matip, probably the only thing Matip will lack is pace. So what did you think of Kanate's performance? Well, you know what? With the strength and depth we got at centre-back this season with, with Gomez and obviously Kanate coming in, I, I really expected there to have been a bit more rotation by this point in the season so far. Um, you know, there's been a few opportunities where they could have done it and he's really stuck with Matip a lot and played him a lot more than I was expecting. So today, that was a real big surprise to give Konate his Premier League, first Premier League start for us against Man United away. And, you know, wow, did it pay off. You know, the guy, he's so composed on the ball. It's, he's, he's a perfect fit for this Liverpool side. He's got the size. So if they go aerially, he'll dominate you. If they go on the ground, he's so quick. He'll get there first. He'll shoulder badge you off it. There was a couple of times. There Was there a little break with about 20 minutes or so left? Was it Cavani chasing? I can't remember which Manu player it was. And it looked like the Manu player had the advantage. And he just it was put the afterburners on. It was Dello, I think. He was, was he's got yeah. some pace to him as well. Yeah. And then he put yeah. the afterburners on and was like, That's what it. the fuck? Yeah. And he just went, goodbye. And he just dropped the shoulder on him. You know, he's 22 years old and he's... He's just got the confidence, isn't he? That's what I like about him. He plays something we've been really impressed with, with Matt Dip this season especially. He's been outstanding at playing these passes, drill them low and hard on the ground into midfield, and it gets us on the attack. And it's something we saw from Kanate today, that he's got a really good passing range as well. So he's going to fit in beautifully into this Liverpool side. You know, the... the there's a lot of players who look very good and then when it comes to the big occasion, shit the bed and, and, and you know, you find out what a player's worth on the big occasion and the likes of Maguire, for example, today, 
very panicky, shit the bed, and 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 we we capitalised on it today. Canate on the other side, Man United. Let's let's not get this wrong. It's got some really talented attacking players there. You know, it wasn't like they're a poor attacking side. They're just a poorly organised side with no game plan. But by the time you've got these players around you, top top attacking talent, they started well, Sam. I thought you, they, they did got some good they, positions. Well, yeah, they, they very dangerous. They had the first chance with Bruno, and he just skied it. I don't know what the hell happened there. It's not like him. And then we went down the other end and scored. But you know, they, they were very dangerous at times, and we were a bit sloppy on occasions, and we still end up winning five 0 Andy nailed yeah. it. Yeah, they're, they're a bunch of individuals, not a team, and, that, and that's the difference, you know. And what, what I, I just want to disagree, I know Paji didn't ask a question as such, but I'll definitely disagree with him. I do not think that Ole should give his notice in. I think he should really, really dig his heels in and stay there as long as he possibly can. Yeah, because absolutely. as long as he's at the wheel, as they say, Man United are not going to be a threat. It, it, you know, they, they throw in money at, at players like Man United. When they went for Ronaldo, it was Super. beautiful. Because yeah. what you knew was they had all these attacking players already. You know, it's not going to work. He took There's everyone no... off apart from Ronaldo. Like you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But the mental thing was they pulled off about fourteen attackers, and they still had Ronaldo and Cavani on the pitch. It's like they're, they're so top heavy. It's mental. There's no balance there whatsoever, and mm-hmm. it's just they've been getting bailed out and bailed out by you know. Don't get me. Ronaldo's finish today when he was offside was you know top draw. Yeah. He keeps bailing them out with these finishes, but it's it's low percentage chances getting converted and you know with time these things don't they're, they're not actually sustainable and it, it's it's great to watch and they've you know they're, they're going nowhere Man United as it is I, I fear that they're going to end up just kind of I don't know if Conte's available at the moment it's going to have to be something like that I think to get them back on track because they got some great players there but you know back back to the actual question Konate absolutely fantastic today couldn't have wished for a better debut and now, you know, we've, we've got a real, real strength and depth of centre-back after last year's nightmare where we're looking so, so strong in that area this season. Mm. And Andy is chomping at the bit here to talk about um, Canate. Andy, this boy, someone you love and uh, after covering My him. Boy. Oh, yeah, your boy. And also talk about balance. That's, you know, he didn't, we didn't look imbalanced at all at centre-back, did we, with, with, with him coming in? No. I mean, I'm going to be biased, obviously, because I was calling for Ibrahim, Ibrahim Konate to be signed for around about two and a half years before we actually signed him. Um, from the very first moment of seeing him play, I was just struck by watching him. And it's not often I'm struck by defenders, but he, he was so impressive. And it was kind of game after game after game and it's like you know this this is no sort of flash in the pan performance this is this is a real talent here that leipzig have got on their hands at the time of me seeing him for the um the the first time his first season there he was he was captivating as a defender uh, and just everything and and i for me it, it was obvious that he would he would be a perfect fit for liverpool you know the obvious physical side of it—that he's tall, he's strong, he's quick. He's so you know he's good in the air, but also the football inside of it. You know the ability with the ball at his feet—he is good at passing the ball. He can pick those long passes out, but also 
his positioning, his reading of the play, everything. It was, for me, it was, th- this is the guy to sign. The, the only concern was the injuries that had, that had happened to him in the, them two years, the two seasons leading up to us signing him. They were the only concerns I could possibly have over him because talent-wise, ability-wise, absolutely no question in my mind that this lad has it all and can be absolutely top draw and would be the perfect foil for Virgil at centre-back. Uh, but as when I, I, mean, I spoke to Dave Hendrick about the signing of him and, and said, I would expect him to be managed in the same way that uh, you know, a number of other players that we've signed have been, in that they'll spend some time you know, on the bench, working on the training ground, just getting them you know, set into our setup, get used to how we play in, in, our, in our structure, what's expected of him before we start seeing him play regularly. Uh, and probably the, the form of Matip and the fact that he's staying fit might even you know, prolong that a little bit further and allow him more time to integrate and get settled before he becomes a regular. But I think there'll be a, there, there will be a point at some, you know, somewhere, maybe later in the season, where he just cements his place as a starter in, in that back line because there is nothing else that Jurgen Klopp can do this guy is that good. The only one thing he did today that I would question was on the Ronaldo goal that was uh, ruled offside, uh, rightly ruled offside, in which I think he got a little bit close to uh, to Trent and allowed Ronaldo to cut across and get that shot off. But other than that, it was such not having, a it, not having it, Andy. He knew he was offside. Yeah, not that, exactly. Not, exactly. Not disinclined today at all. No, that's that is my I'm point joking. though. Yeah. It's on a goal that got disallowed, but is the only thing. Other than that, it was exemplary. So calm, so collected, so good on the ball. Winning all those first headers as well. That was a big thing as well. You know, they were crossing to the far post. As as Justin said, you know, Ronaldo was trying to put himself on him to start with. He didn't want any part of Virgil. He was trying to put himself on him. United were looking for him at the crosses because they know how good he is in the air. And Konate was winning them headers. He was winning them. So... What a performance. What a performance. You know, one of many really good performances today. But, um, yeah, for such a young player, he hasn't had many minutes. Ah, I, okay. I know I'm biased, but okay. brilliant. Gonna, he'll probably play next weekend now against Brighton. They're a big team as well. Um, and Matip and, and Gomez maybe midweek. So, it's yeah, I think it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Let's see what happens. Um, and then the Champions League again, isn't it, for midweek following for and Matip will play there. So it might work out well, dude. I think this might be smart from Klopp if he rotates them this way now. So um, let's see Let's see what happens, though. I, I think, uh, thank you, Justin, for the question. Uh, did you want to add anything on top of what the boys said? I only have one thing to add, which is around the Ronaldo that wasn't. It was an offside goal from a player who should have been sent off. Yeah, good shout. Well, we we kind of agreed that it shouldn't have been set up because he got the ball. But he he if he if he had hit if he had hit Curtis and not touched the ball, that would be a red. Because he hit the ball, it saved him. Because he kicked the ball flush, it saved him. So the other two though should have been reds. They should have been down to nine with Fernandez and Pogba. So Pogba in the end did go off. Well, you can also argue that playing with Ronaldo puts you down to ten immediately anyway. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. You, That's the problem. They, play, the problem. they played a they played a high press with a player who's not going to actually press the ball. Like, that's how we cut through them so easily. Yeah. It's Ole being a bad manager. Yeah, 
and he adds something when the, when he's in the box. They couldn't get find his head with any cross. That's where he's dangerous, you know, on the cross. He's dangerous if he's one-on-one against someone or can cut in and shoot like he showed. That's it. There's literally nothing else. He's got no pace. He tries to do tricks. His free kicks are shit. Yeah, waste more money. Fine by us. Ole in, please. Ole's at the wheel. Thank you. We're happy with that. But um, <clears throat> what I was going to say next was thank you. Um, thank you, Justin. I think it's a good time, Andy, to talk about Naby Keita because the first three goals, uh, I tweeted it as soon as the third one went in. He had a goal, an assist, and a, and a hockey assist at 3-0, uh, which is some way to answer your critics, isn't it? Yeah. He, look, look let's, let's face it. His performance in Madrid warranted criticism because aside from the goals that you know, he was involved in, the two goals conceded, certainly the first one. The second one, yeah, it wasn't great, but there was a whole hell of a lot else that happened and it was on the touchline a long way from goal. Um, his performance was not that good. I mean, he scored an absolute worldie, but, but his performance was not good. However, he was not alone. That entire midfield was abject in Madrid. So he, but as was expected, you know, he was the one who was getting singled out for the criticism in certain corners. And, and you know, I think the, the less we um, get drawn into that, the better. But he, he needed a performance today, I think, um, to really answer some of them critics. And it was interesting that Klopp did pick him after taking him off at half-time and sacrificing him. For Klopp to pick him from the start again and know we were pressed with some injuries. And I, and I do kind of wonder if Fabinho had been fit, would he have played or not? But I'd like to think he would, that Klopp does trust him now. And and he, and he, he did, he answered those criticisms today because I thought he was lively. He was getting about the pitch. He was getting in people's faces. He was winning the ball. But when he was getting on the ball, he was really, it was um it, it was almost showboating at times, some of the little things he was doing, you know, taking it down and tipping it over people. A couple of sloppy passes here and there, and I know that like, you're in the mentioned one, you know, he he'd done a beautiful thing, got the ball, like won it, dropped the shoulder, left his man for dead, and then a sloppy pass. But all in all, you know, a, a really good performance from him. Certainly something he needed and, you know, and fingers crossed that it is just superficial damage from that uh, tackle from, uh, tackle if you can call it a tackle, from that uh, lunge from uh, from Pogba that it's, you know, nothing that's going to keep him out more than maybe a week or so and he can get back in it because the the guy's got all the talent in the world and if we can just keep him fit and he can keep playing on a regular basis... He has got it. He has got it to be a Liverpool player and is the whole reason why he was identified by the club and why Klopp wanted him so much. So this bullshit narrative that, you know, he doesn't have the defensive ability to be uh, playing in the Klopp team, it deserves to be put to bed. It absolutely does. And Gags, you'll know better than anyone just how good he is at pressing. Yeah, it's nonsense. You know, the, the if you watch, if you listen to the Under Pressure podcast on AI Pro, and if you're not a subscriber, you should join up com forward slash join. Uh, there's a seven day trial for that as well. Uh, but, you know, they were talking about Hendo's and also what's his name's um, Milner's, who, by the way, unfortunately got injured again, but was expected because he's not played this many games before. Um, but basically, 
that was an expected injury, and but Milner's pressing was like at forty four percent his efficiency in the last against Atletico. That was way worse than Nabi's was. Uh, Hendo's was very similar to what Nabi's was as well in the in the last game. So if you're you know if you're going to go after Nabi Keita, then at the end of the day you should be really talking about the other two players as well. And you know saying that that Liverpool ended up winning the game with um, with the other two on the pitch. It just, I'm sorry, just strikes of someone who doesn't know. It's just terrible. Sorry, that's just terrible saying something like that. They wouldn't have scored. They wouldn't have won if you had didn't score. It's easy to say, isn't it? Easy to say. Yeah, so it, it, and also, but not one goal. Really. What? Yeah, Nabi got dribble pass for the first. So many things happened. That should have been offside as well. In our, in my opinion, the first goal, and then the second one. Where the hell's the cover? What? What's? What? Why is Van Dijk facing the wrong way? There's so many things with that. The second goal to make it 2-2, that was wrong, rather than just blame it all on Naby, which, you know, I'm really getting annoyed with blame it on the, the you know, blame it on, on, on the African here. It's just terrible. It's terrible. Everything seems to be Naby's fault all the time. If anything goes wrong, blame it on fucking Naby Keita. Fuck off. There's ten, there's other five other players in, on the pitch at that time. You know, five of the players, and they all were poor. Hendo was poor. Trent was poor. You know, Matip is out of position somewhere else. VVD's facing the fucking wrong way. He should never be done like that. You know? So there's so many things. There's so many things. And even then, when he turns, he doesn't, VVD doesn't even sprint. Could have blocked the shot. So, yeah, I, I just, I just don't, don't really, you know, subscribe to that with Naby Keita. I think he's, Probably in one of his better runs for us, goal scoring wise as well. Um, Sam, Naby in the first half was excellent. Oh man, D- different gravy today. You know, ju- just to touch on that Atletico kind of hatchet job by the press yet again. Um, Klopp said in his post match talk to the press, and he explained it was not because Naby was shit or anything. And he just explained that he had to change things slightly just because the, the system wasn't quite working. He didn't say he, he dropped now because he was having a shocker or anything. He had two very obvious mistakes where he got dribbled around. But there's loads of issues, as you said, for the whole team with those goals. It wasn't just him. It's just because that was the obvious one. But Naby's pressing in that um, Atletico game. I read somewhere, Gags, I don't know if you'll know a bit better than this about this than me, but he'd, he'd pressed more in that half than most of the Liverpool players did in the whole 90. You know, so, and, and he played you know, really well. In, in Naby got a quarter of the presses of the whole team in 45 minutes for the full, there, full match. There we go. There we go. You know, so, so he's off ball game. That. Sorry. I People who say shit off ball don't know what they're talking yeah. about. Well, you, you know, listen, no one is mentioning that the Atleti players are fucking brilliant at dribbling those two. Yeah, you know, yeah. just yeah. like you're gonna get beaten sometimes. It's okay, the but thing is, when the hatchet job is is not acceptable. I'm sorry. No, and it's it was, it's getting tiring yeah. now, isn't it? It is. And everyone's getting... standing up to it, and they're getting shit for it, which is brilliant. Yeah. Good. And they'll think it's, twice. You know, they'll think twice it, before they do it again. A lot of it, though, guys, isn't it? It's it's confirmation bias. People have written him off now. He's had years of injuries and inconsistency because of those injuries and people have already mentally written him off and then they love it when he makes a mistake they jump on it and then they write off all the good things he's done and they just throw it at those two errors 
But the problem is, what, what would you rather? Someone like Naby, who's a really high-risk presser with high, high rewards and most of the time gets it right with the occasional error, or you can have someone like Henderson who the, you won't notice the error because he wasn't there in the first place. The, the player's just unmarked. So, you know, what, what's better? So, you know, that, that's the problem with Naby is he, he's an un- unconventional player. He's got different level pressing, but these are things that people don't notice sometimes. But his performance today, mate, I'm, I'm so gutted he got injured because it's a bit of the classic only Salah thing because if if it wasn't for Salah, I think Naby was on course for being our man of the match today. I think Man United did not have an answer for him. He was all over them like a rash. Man U had to resort to kicking the shit out of him on multiple occasions during the game. He's getting clattered right, left and centre. And then it took an even worse tackle then to actually get him off the pitch because they could not handle his energy today. I think he was absolutely fantastic. I was, I was really chuffed for Naby. But then it's been... He, he's, he's been so cursed since he's come to this club. He's been very, very unlucky with injuries. And finally, he seems to be getting his injury problem sorted and he gets an impact injury today. But fingers crossed, you know, that, that isn't something that's going to be serious and it's something he can come back you know, pretty soon from seeing as his feet weren't planted. But yeah, it, it was just a masterclass from him today. You know, one of my mates, he's a massive Man U fan, David Humphreys. He always messages me saying, Naby kicked this crap. I don't know what he does. Watching that game today now, David Humphreys knows exactly what Naby Keita does. Absolutely. And uh, long may it continue. Hopefully Naby gets well soon and it's not, uh, it's, it's a cut like, you know, someone was saying, and it, or maybe some bruising to the chin, but nothing serious. And he can uh, overcome that within a week and, and start again for us next week because we need midfielders, especially now that um, Milner is gone. It also we, we also need to give Curtis a, a full week of rest, I think. What's so the news can... with Fabinho, mate? Sorry, I missed the start. I was out all day. Um, uh, a a knock news. on his knee, but it wasn't. They said it before the game. It wouldn't be long term. So oh, good, a good. slight knock okay. on his knee, but it wouldn't be long term. So hopefully Fab's back next week as well. Uh, they all need to be wrapped up in ball uh, until Brighton. Uh, who who might who who shaken after the City game yesterday as well? So it's a good time to play them at Anfield as well. We'll be rocking for that one. Um, I think we'll go to talking about Jota, who came in for Mane in this one, Andy. And a lot of people were like, "Oh man, and great," but you could probably see, and I could see, Mane was looking a little bit weary against uh, Atletico. So, good move to give Jota that rest after the international break and give Mane this one now. Yeah, it was a big call. No two ways about it. This was a big call from Jürgen. And, you know, it, Mane, the front three's always been the front three up until the last season, you know, and Jota's done so well since he arrived. The goals, that, that cutting edge that he adds, that it's become sort of that, that front three is not necessarily that front three anymore. And that's only because, really, of Jota really taking Bobby's place in it. So Mane and Salah are the, are the two trusted ones still in there in all the big games if they fit their play. So for Mane not to play today, that is a big call. And, and yeah, it absolutely paid off. Just, just like the Matip one, you know, for him not to start after... Him being trusted and the run of games and to put Canati in, that was a big call. Well, you know, so too was this. And and I really liked the performance of Jota today. I really, really did. He was so busy and he caused them problems. He was about them. He got about, you know, got about their players because this was the, the other part of their game is 
anytime they had the ball in deep areas, we would go and we would press and invariably we would either win it or we would cause them to make a mistake and they'd be booing it out into play for us to get a throw in, you know, sort of 20, 30 yards from goal. So it was, it, it, it was, it was a, a really, really sort of busy, integral part that he plays in, in this performance. And again, it's that cutting edge that he offers. And Mane's, you know, Mane was, was poor. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, he still got his goals last season, but he was not himself last year. He's looked better this season, but Jota's come in and he's done and he did everything that Mane would normally offer us in terms of that that work around the oppor- uh, opposition defence and also that, that goal threat, putting inside and being a goal threat. And Jota did that. He got his goal you know, he sniffs these goals out and, and it was uh, it, it was good. Because the other thing being as well, Jota, this season is he's been getting his goals, but his performances haven't necessarily always been on point. And, you know, with the the way that Bobby's form had dropped off for so long and a few little injuries here and there, you start to have that little concern about, you know, how how just how deep are we in the, them positions? Yeah, everyone's in the so goals. Bobby, yeah, yeah. And that's it. So Bobby coming back, looking fresh again. Jota scoring the goals. Marnie looking fresh again. Salah being arguably the best player in the world right now. It's nice to have these options. And I'm sure Jürgen is really chuffed to bits that he's got, you know, that he can pick any three from four. And, and yeah. they're banging on his door that, you know, that anyone who gets left out, it's not a case of, oh, well, you know, fair enough. You, you have to leave me out. It's why are you leaving me out? I want to play. I should be playing because that is the kind of position we we really do need to be in. Absolutely. And I think it's a good time, Sam, to talk about how we really played some good football in that first half to take the lead and then go further up. You know, we, we really punished their poor defending, their poor positioning, their poor pressing. Those first three or four goals were really terrible on their part. But from us, clinical, ruthless, something that we've been asking for a long time. Remember, the amount of times we used to say we really would love Liverpool to be like Man City where they just go and end up scoring four or five goals a game. We're there. We're there. This is, if you listen to UP, this is peak, peak Liverpool in any which way, better than the peak of the, you know, attacking-wise, sorry. Obviously, the defensive side, we've been better. But attacking-wise, Sam, this is better than the year we won it. Oh, definitely. There, there might be something in it to do with our tactics that, that's making us a little bit more open defensively. I'm not sure, but what's that? 33 goals in eight away games, I believe, which is incredible. You know, we, eight games in a row, scoring three or more goals is just unheard of for away games. It's it's, in, it's unbelievable stuff, mate. And some games, you know, we could be getting more. It, we, we've been so clinical and we're so dangerous. Defences don't know what the hell to do. You know, that, that first goal, there was some lovely movement there. Uh, Keita and Salah and fair play to Keita. He just, he played the percentages. He's one-on-one with the keeper. He didn't try to do anything flash. Just hit it hard and low on the ground. It's a goal, you know. Lovely from Naby and I was so happy for him. But was it the... Third goal, yeah, third goal was Salah's first goal where we started really turning it on, didn't we? We, we yeah, started doing a little flicks like and that, tricks yeah. and we were like, lovely. And then Salah tried a shot, got a bit of luck and it went out wide. 
two now be again, wasn't it, for the assist then for uh, Salah to finish it off. But you could see at that moment that the confidence was really, really up with us at that point. And we're, you know, we're, we're absolutely flying at the moment, guys. And the fact that Jota can just slot in, because Mane started playing really, really well. But as you said, maybe flagging a bit. We had a tough, tough game away to Atletico. We can just drop Jota in and there's no drop-off in performance. You know, Jota sometimes, he's a funny player, how he's almost runs faster with the ball than without it. He's, he's an incredible dribbler. Well, it doesn't look like he's sprinting that fast, but he's he's absolutely shifting when he's got the ball at his feet. And what that does is it really helps us counter-attack at pace and, and get up the field really, really quickly. And it, it it really does leave players like Maguire in the shit and, and backpedalling fast. And it's causing teams to make mistakes and panic. And we saw that for that, um, that goal where Maguire and Shaw collided with each other. So... Yeah, we're just causing absolute havoc this season so far. And the best thing about today as well is Chelsea went and they made a statement, as everyone was saying in the press, they were loving it. 7-0, made a massive statement, went four points clear, went four goals better than us in the goal difference. We thought, right, OK, best case scenario is we just win away to Man U and then we're a bit below on the goal difference. What a way to reply, you know, after Man City and them kind of blew And our XG away. was better, and our underlying yeah. numbers were better. We oh, created better chances. Unbelievable, it's, dude. It's, incre- it's incredible, you know. So, whenever these other teams think, you know, Chelsea have had a lot of press saying, uh, oh, you know, they're, they're unstoppable this season and everything. We go one better every so time. The, so, the thing with with stats and stuff, with, with Darth and everything, so uh, Dan Kenny on Twitter, if you're not following, but... He's saying Chelsea are running very, very hot right now. So there yeah. will be a point where Chelsea fall off of a cliff in terms of their scoring, in terms of the defending. Everything is high. Liverpool aren't running hot yet. Can you believe that? Yeah. They're on can, can you actually teams. believe that? That's unbelievable. We're scoring the amount of goals that we're creating, like XG that we're creating. It's fucking unbelievable. Maybe so we we're start- overdoing a little bit now, but... Or yeah. in the Champions League, maybe because we scored some fucking worldies. But yeah. in in the league, we're literally on target for everything. So if we keep going like this, then uh, this is a big statement. Today's a big statement. It doesn't matter how good or bad mm-hmm. they are, it's a big statement. So, uh, Sam, before we go, though, we need to bring Dell in, who's been waiting to, to say something. He's got a quick point before we finish off and talk about Man of the Match. Dell. Hey, guys. Oh, my God. That was a spanking and a half. <laughs> buzz up my tits, I'm telling you, man. I'm loving buzz it. Stop your tits. I'm loving it. I'm telling you, yeah. But, Me but buttons on uh, fire. Come on, Dan. Yeah, but just come on. Yeah, but just um a word of caution. Um, I do feel sorry for Nina's mum. Uh, you know, she's going through a, a trying time. Five nil loss. Skin down the street. Isn't, isn't celebrating and all that sort of stuff. But all I'm saying to you, boys, is this: look, mark my words. It's October twenty-fourth today. We are going to win the trouble this season. The league, the Champions League, and either the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. Mark my fucking words. Up the fucking reds. Uh, and I'll leave you at that. Oh, my dear me. <laughs> Fair enough, dude. We, we love your predictions, so let's see if some happen. Um, we know one prediction that didn't happen this summer, but we won't go there, brother. We won't go there. Um, right. Andy, anything you think we've not covered uh, before we go to Man of the Match? 
just a couple of things I think we didn't mention him, but Virgil played any slippers today, I think. Yep. I, I don't good. remember him. I certainly don't think he broke sweat, so the kit, his kit man would be very happy. He doesn't one, have to wash his kit one anyway. part where he just turned some afterburners on, which was nice in the second half. <laughs> which is nice to think that he's trusting his body enough to, uh, yeah. you know, to get to pick that pace up again. And yeah, he he's looking more and more himself now. Um, just one thing, I mentioned the midfield and how absolutely abject they were in that first half against Madrid. You know that that same three mid uh, that same midfield, those three all started today, and that pretty much was. I'll admit that was a concern for me. However, you know it didn't need to be, mostly because United was absolutely atrocious. But in fairness to all three of them, they stepped up. They absolutely stepped up, and you know we. I've picked out, you know, I know he gets criticism, uh, Henderson, but that pass for, for Mo Salah's hat-trick today, that that was absolutely wow. superb and deserves special mention because that was a beautiful pass. Anything outside of the boot deserves special uh, praise and that was a beautiful one. We used to I call it Gerard S, but we'll call it Mo Esk now. Yes, that's the thing, yeah. Mo got, Mo got the uh, the credit as he rightly deserved for his um, outside of the boot pass last week. And, and Henderson deserves credit for that pass because it was absolutely beautiful. And thankfully, he didn't need to be stretched anywhere today because, um, yeah, they, they were woeful. And even the players that came onto the pitch and joined in that midfield, Curtis came on, played well. Ox, obviously, you know, slightly different circumstances, but came on, contributed. So it was it for me. One thing to add is it, it was good that the midfield were on top of things today because they they had a lot of questions to answer after midweek. So I, I was I was pleased with that and um, and yeah, I'll I'll uh, I won't say anything more because that'll spoil man of the match. No problem at all. Uh, Sam, do you think we missed anything? Uh, no, well, I, I arrived a bit late into the pod today, so this is my first podcast of the season, and I think I've timed it pretty much bang on, haven't I? <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. So, yeah, really, really chuffed to time it for today. I don't know. I, I know Dell put the photos in the groups. You probably already discussed it, but the um, the bit where the camera cut to Alex Ferguson looking miserable, and then about five seconds later, cut to Kenny Dalglish laughing his head off. It was just absolutely yeah, poetry. Yeah, we did. We mentioned oh, it a man. bit earlier. It was hilarious. Oh, oh, so good, man. So good. Okay, then who's your man of the match, dude? Is it an easy one today? It is an easy one. Just just before I get to that, just a couple of mentions. Yet again, Alison with some incredible moments. You know, there's the one-on-one with Ronaldo again. Thou shall not pass. He's done it so many times. He seems to be doing one a match at the moment. It's it's incredible. That that guy is absolutely different gravy. Um, as we touched on, Kanate, very, very promising. Uh, yeah, best best league world. Yeah. yeah, yeah, mate, he's he's incredible. He's incredible. Um Naby, fantastic today. Um Henderson's pass, damn right, totally agree. It was top, top, top draw. Something that, you know, we give a lot of criticism to Henderson, but on occasion he can play a great pass, and that was an outstanding assist for Henderson. So really happy for him with that. But you know, we all know today's man of the match by an absolute mile has to be Mo Salah, as we now know the first person to score a Premier League hat trick 
away team at Old Trafford. He, he's he's just getting better and better, guys. He's flying away with the top goal scorer in the Premier League, and he's he's flying away with potentially the chance to be one of the Liverpool's all-time greats. What a player! Andy can't beat that. I think absolutely not. Uh, yeah, a million miles. <laughs> he's the man of the match. Mo Salah, a tremendous performance, and not just about the goals. His all-round performance, and he caused them so many problems. I mean, I know Maguire's re- been really poor this season, but he was bothering them so much that he, as he was cutting inside, Luke Shaw was coming inside with him, and that was opening that space up on that side of the pitch, and that's where we were getting the overloads, and we were having so much joy down that side of the pitch. And, and that's just Salah coming in, and they're coming with him because they're so worried about him because they yeah, know how the good he now. is. Absolutely, how good he is. You know, there's there's always these questions about, you know, can he do this? Can he do that? Can he do this? Everything that's been questioned, he can do. And he's just delivered on the, on the you know, on and the I big stage once made, again. Once I do again, think that's made things easier for Bobby and Mane as well, because the focus is all on Salah again, like it was in the 17-18 season. And when that happens, mm-hmm. it's going to afford more space to those next to him uh, and around him. And as you can see, that's it's exactly what's happening for everybody. Yeah. Um, I think Mo yeah. today didn't no. have to score didn't have to score a worldie for once in in the last few weeks. He he just had to just take his chances and and he and he took them perfectly. The the first one a tap in, the second one's a good finish actually, not as easy as it looked. Uh, and the third one is Mo all over in it, the dink over the keeper yeah. when you're running yeah. in. And it is for him though very easy. Very easy. It was and, the, um, the, fin- the finish, though, it, it's the finish of a player who is, at, you know, elite level, on top of his game, full of confidence, calm as anything. The composure's there, just slots it in. Um, but like I said, for me, not just the goals, not just the fact that he's got a hat-trick, it's the all-round player. It's the difference that he caused, uh, the difference that he makes on the pitch, the problems that he caused them. You know, his involvement, even in the first goal, you know, that the, he comes inside, that allows a space. Naby makes the run in and, yeah, and Mo just sets him up nicely. So it's his all-round game was, was tremendous and the hat-trick, just perfect. An absolute 10 out of 10 performance. I can't beat that either. I think it's a magnificent performance from Mo. Um, an assist in there as well. When you get four, um, I think he's on some like 53 minutes or something per goal or assist for goal involvement this season. It's getting to unbelievable levels you know world class just i mean elite elite ballon d'or levels now so yeah very lucky to have him have him we really hope um, milner's injury is um a, a small one he's been doing a job for us we're, we're undefeated this season undefeated since the end of last season so you know milner's been a big part of that as well so we want him to quickly whatever part he does play we really hope nabby's injury is um not serious as well that would be um, that would be terrible for us. Um, hopefully, Curtis gets a bit of that rust out. Great game to get your rust out of your system, and the next week's flying. And we, I hope, I hope Tiago watches this and some kind of recovery power comes into him, say, and Fab as well, so that we can really have those two to 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 put on this performance without Tiago and Fab in our side. Is for me, is just something that I wouldn't have even have told me last season at the end of last season because we were relying on these two really and um that's that's massive get them back 
Then the squad's looking nice and deep, you know, very good. Then start to rotate them properly and hope they stay fit and not overplay in midfield. Um, but yes, thank you so much, Sam and um, Andy. We'll be back again next week for the Brighton game with some more uh, guests to talk about. Hopefully another win. Uh, it's it's a good run for me so far on the post-match. And Nina will be back very soon, I'm sure. Uh, but I'll be doing the next couple of games at least. And um, as you can hear, I'm in a very good mood. We're smiling away. Hopefully this has made your weekend as obviously it's fucking made your week. Who cares about the Preston game? We're going to be bouncing week twitter is going to be so much fun the banter is off the charts send those whatsapps put the chat if you're in discord put every joke in the discord we're not changing the name for man united saying man united because we're going to take the piss for a bit longer so yes um just look after yourselves folks stay safe out there and just spread the love around the reds no player wars this week spread the love and enjoy yourselves up the reds We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.